Welcome to another Bald Move podcast, the uh, officially unofficial podcast for all of the TV and the movies that you watch. Uh, we are back today with another commission podcast. This time it is for a man named Freddie Couples. Freddie C. Uh, he had us watch Big Trouble in Little China. Aaron, what is your history with this movie? Big Trouble in Little Podcast. Uh, so I was 10 years old when this movie came out. All right. And I remember there's this one particular summer. I would never be allowed to watch this movie by my mother, first of all. Of course. It's entirely yeah. too much swearing, entirely too much violence. I only caught one F word in the whole thing. That's one too many for one my... One too many fucks for your mother to for, give. For my, for my mom's ears. And way, way, way too much demonic black magic. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's full of that. But my one out was I had a cousin that lived in my neighborhood. I could go over to the, the, his house, and they had a Betamax. Okay. And they had HBO. Uh, I'm not sure, honestly, whether it was on Betamax or on HBO, but there's this one summer where this is damn near all we watched. <laughs> okay. And we interact, we, we reenacted, rather, mm-hmm. the ludicrous choreography, jumping off my granddad. Uh, my grandfather lived in Sedition, too. It sounds like a compound. I promise it you it's not. Yeah, no, it seems like it. No, there's like 70-some houses, and just so happened that like three or four were owned by my family members. But uh-huh. my granddad had a, a swimming pool, and we used to reenact these, like, you know, jumping, flipping things, and the high ahs and... Jumping off uh, the <laughs> swimming pool, and one of my best friends in school at the time, a guy named Tim, he loved doing this over the top, like you know, the martial arts, like you're you're making the weird hand gestures and you're shaking oh, with you're the effort, you're like, uh-huh. <sighs> and you're drawing like, up your power and yeah, getting ready to unleash it, and he'd like turn his face into that mat, you know, that twisted rictus, and uh-huh. just the whole thing, like the whole rain, thunder, and lightning guys are doing, sure, and the weird hand jet. So I've got a lot of fond memories. But I had no, I haven't seen this movie in 20 years. Mm-hmm. I had no fucking idea what it was really about. It's crazy. I still have the vaguest of ideas of what this movie is really about. What is this movie about, Jim? Uh, it's about John Carpenter not being allowed to make the monsters he wants to make, so he just throws them in randomly, I think. So I read the background of this movie. This was supposed to be an 1800s western. Okay. Like I still think the Chinese. This is from the 1800s with the big rig. I still think the I th- I think that the bones of the movie are going to be about the same. It's going to be more of the uh, Chinese American struggle making the railroads, and there is going to be okay. Like they a, make reference to that. Yeah, there is going to be like a John Wayne type westerner. Who's well, there's kind of a, a John Wayne type westerner. <laughs> indeed, a fish out of water. Yeah, I mean this seems very familiar. And then you got the Chinese mysticism. Yeah, but they're like, oh, you know what? You know, Westerns are sucking high and tit. It's the 80s. Unforgiven hasn't come out yet. Tombstone hasn't come out yet. Okay. To reboot everybody's consciousness. Uh, we need to update this. So they hired a writer to bring it into the 20th century. Are you speaking fact here or just yeah, what no, you felt no, like? No, no, this is not headcanon. This is actual oh my God. Wikipedia pre-production information. Okay. Uh, and they brought John Carpenter because here's the other thing. Eddie Murphy, Golden Child. I'm sure you've heard uh-huh. of it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the same subject material, loosely. Mm-hmm. And it was coming out that Christmas season, and the studio making uh, making this movie is like shitting their pants. Like, oh my God, there's going to be two quasi-Chinese uh, mystic movies coming out at the same time. That can't happen. Yeah. They hired John Carpenter because he had a pr- uh, reputation for getting things done fast and on time. 
and he delivered. He was ready for July 4th. They beat uh, Eddie Murphy five months to the box office. Did not wow. help them. This movie had a $20 million budget, only made 11. It was considered a flop. At $20 the time. million dollars on this movie. That seems like a lot. That's so that's I'm not gonna that's lie. like an 80, 90 million dollar movie today, 100 million dollar today. Wow. Wow. I feel like the fe- so what the what do you think didn't hold up? I mean, there's a lot the of the story movie that doesn't hold. Okay, sure. <laughs> but the effects work I thought was decent. Uh yeah, the effects work. Some of the monsters are cool. The, like the Chinese gorilla monster with the predator uh-huh. face was a little rough. I like that. Oh, I, really? li- I like kind of so I'm I'm coming at this from a very different perspective. Like I didn't see this as a kid. Okay. I had actually never seen it before. Okay. So I That seems hard to believe. Right? But I've never seen Princess Bride. So Well, that yeah, okay. It's like so, some of those movies, but this was one where it was like everybody says, "Oh yeah, it's such an awesome movie from the 80s and you need to go see this." And I'm like, "Yeah, I I actually do want to go see it, but I just never got around to it." Uh so I'm finally getting around to it and I was expecting I was not expecting the mysticism angle to this, like the the very real uh, supernatural shit that was going on in this movie. I thought it was like more like a Snake Plissken sort of deal mm-hmm. with Kurt Russell. Um, so it threw me for a loop. And but once I got into it, I saw okay, this is cheesy eighties. This is like over the top. This is like uh, Dead Alive. This is like the shitty B movies that you thought were awesome when you were a kid. Sure. Uh, and so once I got into that frame of mind, I was able to relax and just enjoy it. And so those monsters, when they came out and looked kind of cheesy, were awesome. I, I love that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, seeing John Carpenter do kind of the things that John Carpenter does, especially in his music, uh, it's very evident in this film that John Carpenter did the soundtrack. And uh, I love that stuff. Yeah, I mean... This movie has got so much, has influenced pop culture in a lot of different ways. Uh, for example, it birthed not one, but two Mortal Kombat characters. Is that a fact? Like, they watched this movie and they said, hey, we want... You know, now that you ask me that, I don't know that I've ever read any proof. But my God, Raiden is yeah. one of the gods of the storm, or the three storms. And this, uh, what was his name? Uh, Lu Pao? Lupo? Uh, Lupin? Lupin. I think the main villain. He's yeah. basically the same guy as Kung Lao on Mortal Kombat. You know, he started, he's like this decrepit old w- yeah, yeah. wizard emperor looking guy, but then he can, can turn young. And no, I, I've, I, you're right. I've got, I've got nothing to stand <laughs> on, but I swear to God that he's got to be, um, I don't know. I'm trying to frantically. Uh, yeah, I, the trouble is I don't know anything about like the story behind this movie. As that's far part as... of our agreement, you never call me on my dubious factual statements. I know. Okay. Okay. I let the audience do that after the fact. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, okay. All right. Maybe it is. Maybe there are two Mortal Kombat characters directly from this. Uh, the guy with six arms. I mean, I saw Buddha with sure, six arms. Sure. Guru, guru or whatever. Sure. Go, go, guru. Yep. Gozer. Gozer. Uh, uh, now, so you. You mentioned the Frank Car. I wasn't the Frank Carpenter, the, the famous Frank Carpenter. You might his little littler known brother, John yep. Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't. I didn't like the Chinese baboon predator gorilla. Quite okay. enjoyed the Guardian. Yeah, the Guardian. Very D and D beholder esque. Yeah, really creepy looking. And and I thought held up as well as a matte composited special effects can hold up. Uh-huh. I mean, the texture was really nice. I, I hear it took like. What a dozen puppeteers running that thing because it's like every one of its yeah. eye stalks was articulated and it had the eyeball and the tongue and yeah, 
It's John crazy. Carpenter. And a lot of other just really weird stuff, like the hell of the upside down drowned people. Oh, yeah. They're always mentioning these various hells that the, I guess, the three storms are, are uh, lords over. Hmm. Um, I remember that being really scary as a kid. Sure. And I was like, up until that point, I was like, oh, man, this is a John Carpenter film. It doesn't really feel that much like it except yeah. for the music it started feeling like one but then yeah you get the hanging corpses you get like he's most known to me at least for horror yeah certainly well, i mean uh, you know he he did the original halloween sure uh he did the thing which is sure one that and horror, the remake right he did them both I, I think he did yeah yeah um so yeah there's let's, let's see what else what other i felt like there was a couple other special there wasn't there one other monster oh yeah the uh the sewer cockroach oh yeah they came out of nowhere uh got snatched up and then uh what was the guy's name the chin guy that was uh, the egg is what yeah egg chin is is what uh kurt russell calls him he is a uh sightseeing bus driver by day by night he's a badass chinese mystical warrior uh-huh that can That's conjure awesome. up spells, and he's got, uh, um, he's able to brew this, like, warrior drink, mm-hmm. which was a problem for me because, uh, was it Wang, the store owner? He's the kind of main protagonist. Yeah. He turned into the ultimate badass at the end. He went from shitting his pants in a truck at the side <laughs> of the Lords of the Storm uh-huh. to kicking the Lords of the Storm's ass in an extended... Uh, trampoline and wire foo sword fight, and I and I was we were both kind of like where wow where did this come from? But then I think we were supposed to understand that that drink super powered everybody. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they could all just <laughs> it's like they he gave him PCP or something. Yeah, like Egg Chin is going toe to toe with uh, Lu Pan. Yeah, which I wouldn't have believed possible prior to that bout. Sure, the whole plot of the movie. Is that this guy is like 2,500 years. He's had his body, his flesh, and his blood stolen by some demon. Mm-hmm. And the only way he can inform, appear in a material form is as a decrepit old man. And he has to marry a green-eyed girl. Why green-eyed? sacrifice Did, Do they ever say why he needs a green-eyed girl? I don't know, but I, I could see how you'd be royally fucked in the middle of China 2,500 years ago. because. Sure. I, I last I looked, I don't think there's that many green eyed girls in China. I don't think so. No. However, in twenty first century, uh or the twentieth century where you have jets and planes, you can go to like, I don't mm-hmm. know, Ireland, it seems like it'd be pretty easy to hook up a green eyed girl to and that's the thing, it's you not would think like so, yeah. it'd be one thing if it was a beauty and the beast deal where he'd have to like woo the girl, but okay. he just has to like mystically make their eyes white and then they do whatever the hell he wants them to do yeah he mind controls them into marrying him and then kills them they do go through this test called the test of the flaming daggers or flaming swords Uh uh-huh but they i i don't see how that's like if you're an unworthy woman does that like cut your hands or i mean both of the women had no trouble passing it in a catatonic state Mm -mm. so i don't know this was this was tough to follow he was now if they had said would have been cool. I guess what that would have been cool is if they'd said, "What's that? The the that the chromosomal disorder that makes you have one green and one blue eye, or one brown and one blue. It's like called dichromomorphism or something." Yeah, I don't know the name for it. If I was to rewrite the script, I'd start there. I'd make it something super rare. 
They're okay. like, you might have to wait 2,500 years before you can find. And I think the trick is that he had two at once. So he's like, ah, because the curse was he had to marry a woman to regain his flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Then he had to kill the, his green-eyed wife to appease the demon. Yeah. And maybe, I, I think there was some kind of tragic backstory that maybe he's done this countless times. Uh-huh. But he's locked in this cycle because he he gets the woman, but then he has to kill her. Yeah. Uh, he was excited because he can marry both these women because... It seems like a pretty obvious loophole. Pretty obvious me. loophole, like, especially if you don't have to be in love. Yeah. Like, uh, if they, imagine if it was... That was the other thing, if, it, if I was going to rewrite it. I'd make, him, I'd make him have to have the two crazy eyes. Uh-huh. I'd make it have to... It'd have to be true love's marriage. All right. So, All it's, right. It's, 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 it's... It'd be very Matrixy. You'd have to have at least a million dollars, because that's the only way you're going to get two chicks to double up on <laughs> Double up on a guy <laughs> like that. Yeah, sure. But, yeah, no. I, and, and then you're like, wow, because imagine trying to get two women to simultaneously fall in love with full knowledge of each other. Yep. That'd be tough. You might be fucked. Sure. I think that's a Will Smith comedy, actually. Uh, but anyway... Lupin was Super Jones because he had two women that he could marry. Mm-hmm. He could kill one, keep the other. So this, like, he'd, he'd beat the demon finally. Yeah, but he ends up with neither. Uh, spoiler alert for a 20-year-old movie. There's other bunch of other stuff I don't understand, like the involvement. There's two rival gangs. There's a good one that wears white and occasionally black with predominantly gold headbands. Yeah. And there is a bad one that wears black and sometimes white with predominantly head redhead mans but that whole all of that shit just went away like halfway through the movie yeah like, because there completely was completely gone the white guy the the white asian gang was doing this funeral procession and they had this coffin and there's like this old man and the like the ones with the gold headband yeah yeah, yeah, they, yeah they had this picture of this guy and it's like oh it's going to be some kind of weird political gang struggle yeah and then there was the gods or the lords of death which were the ludicrous um the redhead banded well, you, they were wearing that the the one. So one of the dudes oh, was wearing his sunglasses. Oh my god! With like chi- squinty Chinese eyes painted on them. Yeah, like like think Kanye glasses, and then take all of the slats out except for the middle ones. Yeah, that's what you're left with. Um, but that was dropped too. So there's uh, apparently they were there to steal one of the girls to be in a uh, to be a sex slave. Uh huh. And they were actually going to steal the one that Kim Cattrall's character, which, by the way, she's in this movie, too. Yeah, so real bad luck for her, right? Like, green-eyed girl, desired by the forces of evil, also desired as a sex slave. But she like, had, so, so she's very nebulously designed. She's a lawyer trying to fight this corruption between the two gangs. And okay. she's also got a newspaper reporter who's helping her on it, which doesn't amount to anything. None of that goes anywhere. It's None like they made anywhere. two separate movies and then said... These are not long enough. Let's connect them. Yeah, and then the the guy, the Wang guy, who's the star of this the show. Mm-hmm. We find out later that that's his fiance from China, but he never mentions her name until like thirty minutes into the movie. He's just like, "Yeah, I'm just going to get this girl, this girl from whatever Singapore." Yeah, I think he's trying off the plane. I think he's doing that to try to convince uh, Jack to go with him. But why? Because he. He also starts off the movie by tr- attempting to cheat Jack Russell, or yeah. Kurt <laughs> Jack Russell. He's a terrier. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. uh, Kurt Russell out of twelve hundred dollars off of that he won by playing uh, Chinese back- some kind of domino back- game. I don't yeah, know dominoes. what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he says I'll cut the bottle in half. He did, he's unable to cut the bottle in half for double or nothing. So now he owes him eleven hundred bucks, and they he says. I have it. It's just not on me. 
Mm-hmm. And so he gets him to get into the truck and drive him to the airport to pick up this girl who does he promise that she has the money like why does he go with him at that point i'm not yeah, i'm not understanding it he said he had to go back to his restaurant and he kept on making excuses i'm like oh, he's just trying to fuck old jack yeah pretty much <laughs> or wait god damn it yeah, it's, jack yeah it is jack but it's jack it's, burton that's why i'm getting the jack russell yes kurt burton <laughs> the brilliant the brilliant work of kurt burton yeah uh, fantastic job <laughs> uh so if you are if you're a badass wizard, how do you end up driving a tour bus? It just feels like it'd be well, like if there's no if there's no need for wizardry. How can there Did you see what all he could do? <laughs> what he could, could What could he actually do? He, uh, he, he had these green balls that he threw at shit. Well, I'm telling you what. Uh-huh. There's a shit ton of baseball and football players that shoot wolf blood into their testicles for a 5% <laughs> performance enhancement. He should play in the NFL, is what you're saying. <laughs> no, I'm saying he should he should be selling this green glowing mm-hmm. smoking shit in syringes and having them pumping their ass full of it. And that's how many yard penalty is throwing gl- green glowing shit on the field? <laughs> no, I'm saying drinking it before to lock it. Oh, okay. You chug yeah, that yeah. shit down, now you're Superman. Now, what's a penalty for, like, jumping 30 yards or something? I don't know. Yeah, uh, It's some kind of unsportsmanlike call. It just seems like it's like, how can that ever be no call for a wizard? Yeah, no, you're right. It's one thing. If but it's- it seemed like, you know, at the end of it, he's like, my work here is done. Uh, we've defeated the forces of darkness and all that shit. So he seems very content to not bust that out for his own profit. He he doesn't mind. He's he's the Mr. Miyagi of this world, right? Where he doesn't mind uh, just suffering in silence, even though he's an awesome uh, kung fu master. Mm. He's okay to be just a dude. Like he doesn't have to go around. He is he is self sufficient, right? Like that's the kind of impression I get. Where where you don't need to go out and flaunt it or or exploit it to make a bunch of money from these guys. So there's a lot of crazy Asian stereotypes. Oh oh, tons like I was just thinking of like movie. the whole Mr. Miyagi, the fact that he's uh he he's yeah he's just like this hermit selfless doesn't care about anything except for the pure art yeah. of kung you know or which they did a good karate. job of of relating that to a lot of people i think in this country who are a little more selfish mm. um and by the update that they did to that movie with Jackie Chan sure where he is kind of traumatized by an mm. event in his life and so mm. that's why he's a hermit you know mm. that's a much more american thing i think well, I think Miyagi was also traumatized. I mean, he uh, right he yeah, went he off to lose, fight in he World did lose War. His wife, yeah, he yeah. went off to fight in a war, came back, and his uh, wife was dead. Yeah, I don't remember the exact story. <laughs> she of might the original have been Karate in, Kid in an internment camp at this at the time. He died in an internment camp. Okay, so, yeah. maybe he's a scarred individual as well. <laughs> maybe. maybe, and also serious alcoholic. It seemed too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. like, but one day a year, one, one day, day a year. Sure. Yeah, that's you can't call that an alcoholic. No. That's just a celebration. Binge drinker. Binge drinker. There you go. An <laughs> annual binge drinker, yep. like clockwork. Uh, Miyagi day. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah, but the, yeah, like this, as I was watching this, I'm like, it's crazy the, the cultural cl- mishmash and clash. It's like, yeah. buy everything from some uh i don't know what you'd call some some emporium that vaguely resembles something asian and we're just shove it on these sets pretty much like you oh you got 40 gold buddha statues <laughs> take them all line them up we'll make it the arch villains 
corridor of death. And uh-huh. it's not like some kind of Kali Ma version of Buddha where he's, it's, he's the, it's the fat, happy Buddha that's in every Chinese buffet. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and I, <laughs> I don't know. It's like these are just stuff that my ignorant American ass is picking out. And the whole. Yeah, no, it's, it's. The like, 80s, right? Yeah, like, Chinatown's run by Chinese gangs. Not just Chinese gangs, mystical Chinese gangs. Yeah. It's it's very much an 80s view of Asian culture. And yeah, we've gotten far beyond that. Uh, so now it just looks fucking ridiculous. I which, think, which is fine, I, think I guess. I think, I think you know, a it's movie, a product of its time. So. A movie could be made that that's culturally... Uh, not offensive, I'd say insensitive. Yeah. Today, like for example, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> I've never seen that. Oh my god, it's it's pretty bad. Um, but oh I, wait, Avatar: The Aspender. I know you went to see it with me. I, I thought you meant Avatar. Avatar. No, never no, no, mind. Not the, yeah, not yeah. the animated. The, the air, uh, Airbender dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. In Night Shyamalan. That was just a fucking terrible movie. It was a terrible movie all around. Also had a lot of uh, insensitive stuff in it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I forget what I was going with that. Oh, no, I think that you could make this movie today. I think that they they would just pay a lot more lip service to being culturally accurate. Like, they'd bother to get the oh, names yeah. right, and they would bother to get the... It would the... be starring Keanu Reeves instead of <laughs> Kurt Russell. Sure, sure. Uh-huh. You'd have go. a lot of Ronin around him, I'm sure. I'd love to see Keanu Reeves' John Wayne impersonation. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, let's talk about that. Well, So, he's clearly just doing John Wayne here, right? But he's such a... It's such a mishmash. He's got this like a shirt that you that'd be right at home on the set of Firefly mm-hmm. that he's ripped the sleeves off of and the neck out of. He's got skin tight jeans with like moccasin boots. They're laced <laughs> all the way up to his knees. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. Uh, I don't know what you'd call the jacket he's wearing until he. That's the other thing. Uh, halfway through the movie, they're crawling through this rat hole. And he just takes off his shirt. He just takes off his jacket. Yep. Into the movie, he's got that jacket back. Huh. I didn't even notice. Or maybe he's just that that cab is actually full of just boxes of that jacket. Of that jacket. <laughs> They're just like, you know, he destroys one in every town. He just gets another one off the rack. What I noticed is how many times he unbuckles his boot. But he never actually buckles it back up. Oh, like, like he to get that dagger that out? knife five times. And it's Velcro. It's also, did you get it was Velcro? <laughs> did it's like it every make time, the noise? Every time it's like... <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. And, he'd get, and then the one time he drew, drew it and he actually threw it across the room. That was hilarious. There, there are a lot of moments like that where you expect that he's going to do something awesome. Uh, and then it get tur- gets turned on its head. Yeah, Jack, Russell, Burt, Cussell... Uh-huh. He is a buffoon in this movie. And yes. and I, I saw in an interview that John Carpenter made that deliberate because the one thing he was trying to do is in act funny enough invert a, bo- a bunch of stereotypes because usually you have the Caucasian yeah. badass sure. with the ethnic sidekick and his whole pitch for this movie was yep. being uh the Caucasian's sidekick that thinks he's the star but he's actually a total idiot and the the sidekick's actually the star. Yeah. And I guess the studio didn't get that, so they forced him to insert the prologue scene where Egg Egg Chin is explaining to his lawyer because I guess someone's being sued <laughs> over all this crazy shit going down in Chinatown. Yeah, he's being interrogated. He's being interrogated by his lawyer who's trying to help him that uh you know, you gotta leave Jack you gotta leave Jack Burton alone because he's a hero to our people. Which not really the case. I mean, so 
there's a problem here, right? So yeah. John Carpenter says, I want to flip all these stereotypes and I want to make him the bumbling idiot and make all of these Chinese guys the heroes. Right. At the end, Kurt Russell does actually kill the main villain. That's literally the only badass thing he does. I agree. Except for he runs over... <laughs> the same guy. Lao Peng, I guess, that yeah. doesn't actually kill him. But no, it's, it's really the, first, the only badass thing he does. And, he, and it comes out of nowhere because he just... The big bad, the big mystical, <laughs> unkillable bad, he throws a knife at him and misses. The guy lets go his hostage, runs over to grab the knife, picks it up, throws it at him. Kurt Russell just snatches that blade out of the air, yeah. puts it right back to the guy and stabs him right in the head. They brought it full circle. Remember that at the beginning he's talking about it's all in the reflexes. Oh, can we talk about uh, Jack Burton g- driving coast to coast, noshing on a Subway sandwich, <laughs> running his pirate radio uh-huh. station sure no that's that's and badass 80s trucking music man oh yeah i love it like he's gonna run into sly stallone the next bar and they're gonna arm wrestle apparently the name of his truck is the pork chop express because he hauls pigs yeah uh back and forth across the country but yeah this is what he said that, and he's going he's driving up these ludicrously steep hills Almost hydroplaning because the, the, the things. Well, he's in the middle of the road, <laughs> going so fast, going so fast he's over like, blind hills. I go over blind hills. Like I, as he's saying, I never drive faster than I can see, and his <laughs> reflexes mostly. Anyways, what I always say, tell him that's what Jack said. <laughs> as he's talking and then he around takes a this big twelve chomp of his as hoagie, a, as his twelve-inch teriyaki chicken <laughs> sub from Made Fresh at Subway. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fucking awesome. I was sold from the very beginning, from yeah. that scene on. Yeah, that was really funny. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. How about some quotable dialogue? Do you remember any choice? Ah, shit, I didn't write any of it down, but yeah, there are a lot of good lines in there. Um, you know, it's it's all in the reflexes is probably one that everybody was quoting afterward. So he goes into a whorehouse uh-huh. looking for the green-eyed girl, and he gets met, He you know, he the dragon lady matches him up to some woman and she's uh he's trying to run his mouth he's dressed up as a nerd mm. and she's like please take off your tie he's like yeah i know what you mean my wife gave it to me for christmas <laughs> what he was take off your tie yeah i he know what understood you understood that she was saying it's a horrible tie <laughs> is what he understood um i don't know i like the so i get they're trying to make him look like an idiot here um, and perhaps the philosophy of this movie is that uh, there's shit we don't understand, and maybe you should be a little more open-minded, but Jack certainly is not And at the beginning of this movie. Um, and it takes a lot, a lot, to convince him that there's anything mystical going on here. Uh, yes. And I really love the matter-of-fact way that he dishes out honest truths to okay. people. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I don't have any specifics, but there's just this way that he says things to people in kind of a disdainful way too. everybody like he's talking to his insurance company and it's like he <laughs> yeah. just can't believe what he's hearing full time yeah it's awesome and then the way he reacts to that is perfect uh so i i really appreciated that there were some other comments in there about, about like religion about... and mysticism and stuff with uh these two Chinese guys talking to each other at the table, and uh, he's talking about his religion, and he's he's eating at the same time, <laughs> and then he says uh, he's saying, "Oh, you you take this out of uh, Buddhism, Buddhism and this out of Shintoism. Teo. It's you just take what Tao. you want, and discard the rest. It's like your salad bar. Chinese religion is like a salad bar. <laughs> it's awesome. 
Yeah. Awesome joke. Uh, you might find some pizza on there. You might find mm-hmm. some, uh, you know, hot and sour soup. And then on Sundays, you might get some boiled snow crab legs. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. My big question that doesn't just apply to this movie, but is why there was a scene with Kurt Russell and lipstick. No, that was awesome. That was hilarious. <laughs> I love that too. Uh, and the big showdown, of the big bad, yeah, right? Dress uh, looking like a geisha girl. <laughs> he doesn't even know it. That's the greatest part. Yeah, yeah. He thinks he looks all badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, th- this this idea in movies where for some reason dead things always hate living things. Uh, like they want to just destroy everything that's living, and I don't know why that is. I don't understand it. Like yeah. I get that maybe the evil and good is dichotomy. But uh-huh. dead and alive is not a dichotomy. Yeah. Uh, it's not a, a moral dichotomy, <laughs> um, you know? I guess that it's because everyone thinks death sucks. So if a dead thing is, is if a dead thing were conscious... But then once you're dead, you want to come back and kill the thing. Jealous that, of the living, yeah. So it's jealousy. And also it's like there's usually some kind of curse involved, right? It's like they're not usually, they're, they're not unable it to pass like these on. guys just wanted to... They wanted to rule the universe, I think, was their stated goal at one point. <laughs> Probably. Which, good luck with that. Yeah. Good luck ruling the universe with your awesome swords and your Teenage Mutant Ninja power. Turtle weaponry. <laughs> um, yeah, your rings that have lawnmower blades on them. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't think that is a traditional ancient Chinese weapon, by the way. Yeah, I love the fact that they had to, to kick off the ceremony of the flying light daggers... Uh, which is a traditional Chinese marriage ceremony. Um, if you're lucky enough to go and see one in real life, you should do it. Uh, but okay. I, I, I liked how that there was like this long, absurd, repetitive combat down the hallway to lay the <laughs> blades at the bride's feet. Those when they fade out, those are hours passing, right? There got to be. It's a matter of hours. The hallway is 500 feet long, and this guy did the same move. It'd be like if uh-huh. e, e Honda from Street Fighter got at the end of like a 500 foot corridor and did the hundred hand slap all the way down, all the way end. down it. Cha, 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 cha. I mean, or Chung Lee did does a blur kick. blur yeah. kick. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly what this guy was doing with those little uh, like he took a bat luck from Star Trek and broke it in half. Yeah. <sighs> and then the other guy was, was like demonstrating all, his prowess, all Nancy boy and ballerina his his way down. Yeah, he he swung his swords a he lot. He had the Western crane style, I guess, with the high knee movement. I guess uh, another scene that I really <laughs> enjoyed was the escape from the sewers. Um, once we should, the, once we, they got out of that. Yeah, yep. we should start a martial arts school oh, God. based entirely on watching Big Trouble Little <laughs> oh, China. Oh, my God. <laughs> or Katas. just bad 80s movies, just period. <laughs> we'll call it Big 80s Karate. Oh, God. That's what we'll call it. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. And we'll insist that it's pronounced karate. <laughs> <laughs> karate. Um, all right, sure. What was your, what were you saying? The escape from the sewer scene is awesome uh, and hilarious because... Which scene, which sewers? Because I felt like yeah, yeah. Th- there was either back alley, warehouse, or sewers. Those are the three sets we had to choose from. Uh, so it is right after they get... Um. They have, like, one of the girls at one point, like, the blonde hair girl. They rescue her, like, earlier than they rescue. Grace. Wasn't it Gracie? Uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, But they they have her, and they're they're all headed out, 
And they open. So he, Kurt Russell turns to everybody right before they go out this door. He lays out their plan. He says, "All right, as soon as I open this door, we're going to rush out. They're not going to know what hit him." Mm-hmm. He turns around. He opens the door. The guys are standing right there. <laughs> he just immediately shuts it. Yeah, hilarious. Or a time where he was getting his stuff all, you know, whooped up or pumped up for battle, and he shoots the ceiling and he drops uh, a stone on his head, and yeah, he misses like the first ten minutes. I feel like that happened to him again sometime too. He knocked himself yeah, I, out on two separate occasions right before a big fight was about to kick off. Yeah, now we're looping back around on ourselves here. Really? Yeah, we've already talked about this. Oh. Uh, and neither of us could think of the first time, so. I thought that's what we were, really, on the podcast. Uh-huh. Oh, my God, we just podcepted ourselves. <laughs> Do you think that they actually had big, elaborate fight scenes, but Kurt Russell could not pull any of it off? Oh, you think this was a matter of convenience for the actor? Like, they talked about his extensive preparation. He said he spent two months lifting weights and... He looks pretty jacked. ...and running. He was pretty... He's 80s... Yeah, like early 80s jacked. Yeah. Like, Schwarzenegger showed up and completely redefined what that means. Yeah. But this uh, is 86, man. So... When was Predator, though? I mean, Sylvester Stallone was was on the stage, right? Well, I mean, look at him in the first Rocky, Rocky. though. Look at him in the first Rocky. It's not nearly... That's true. Uh, it, it was really yeah. Commando came out in '85, but that was the first time I okay. think Americans really got to see holy shit gun show. Yeah, yeah. So and they were like screened. That's like there's like he was just going to show up and be Kurt Russell. Yeah. The studio saw Commando and they're like, "Look, man, you got to lay off the beer, stop smoking, and at least lift uh-huh. weights and run for two months." He's like, the, "Okay, fine." The, part of this was shot as a documentary. Everything in the Pork Chop Express. Is just Kurt Russell's life up to that point. <laughs> that's how he gets. That's how he gets from uh, from movie set to movie set. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And the Pork Chop Express, he's hauling ass. You know, he's he's just dual purposing his truck. I mean, sure. he's got to travel anyway. He might as well haul hogs. Yeah, the tax the tax benefits for that alone, man. He can just write off everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. What else do we want to talk about? Um, anything. I feel like that's about it. I was wrong. Conan, Conan, Conan the Barbarian came out in '82. Oh wow! So he uh, he there there was the, there was quite a bit of gun shows before then. I feel pretty silly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's all right. So anyway, that's uh, that's about all I got to say about it. Okay, same here. Uh, it was it, overall, you know, it's good in that cheesy bullshit '80s movie sort of way. Yes. There's, there's nothing of redeemable value for uh, for its culture no. or for society in general uh, nowadays. But if you want to see an artifact of what the 80s were like, sure, this is a, a perfect movie for it. Sure. I guess this is like, I feel like in 20 years, Pacific Rim will feel the same way. Uh, in what way? You just like, mean like the technology used to make movies? No, I just, I just feel like the the overall sensibility. Like when you look back and be like, God, they made like a giant robot versus giant monsters with a bunch of neo Asian influences, and you know, well, the, yeah, it's like Godzilla, right? Yeah, it was for Japan in the fifties, and like how over the top that is, and yeah. probably I'm imagining special. I, I keep thinking that there will be a movie be made that's made that will hold up in ten years, and there's very few that do, like. Terminator 2. 
The Matrix, one. honestly. The first Matrix. Matrix still holds up. And it's it's still, it's like only, but, but look at it another 10 years. It's just really hard because things keep getting better. That was 15 better. years ago, man. Was know. it? 15, 99, right? Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, talk me in t- another five years. <laughs> okay, yeah. They're going to have a breakthrough in uh, stop motion squid technology. That yeah, will just dinosaur animatronics. <laughs> That'll just blow uh, them away. Yeah. Um, but I forget where I was going to that point. Something about technology holding up. I just think that some, some of the movies today, like it, when I was a kid, I didn't ever imagine that this would be kind of like such a hokey deal. Yeah. But I wonder what the stuff is being made now. And, and there's some like just out and out schlock like the rock just made that hercules movie oh those are all gonna be terrible yeah let, you those know. don't hold up the year that they're made let right. alone <laughs> right but i'm just thinking i wonder what like really big movies nowadays are yeah. going to be cited and i also wonder reverse like what are the low budget like for example this is considered a critical film uh, failure become a cult film i wonder what kind of like weird ass movies they're being made today that flop and everybody hates them like in another 10 20 years will water world be a cult film hmm. something along that like i think water world flop. is getting there really uh, and and might already be even i don't know i don't know yeah that's the other thing is like what is a is a cult film something that you laugh at i see i feel like a cult film has to be something you can genuinely enjoy hmm. on multiple levels it can't be just something like oh like my god Clue it's, it's like i'm gonna get drunk get my skull blasted off and watch this movie and laugh my ass off. That's not a cult yeah. film. Yeah, I'm with you. But I don't know exactly what the definitions of those words mean. Neither do I. Someone someone wrote us in a message saying that we're consistently using the word the term high concept uh-huh. wrong. Oh. That high concept are actually is a is a something you can pitch in a single sentence. Like oh, Jurassic like Park. high level, like, like yeah, like, like, a, like ex- an over like of low something. concept refers to a plot that's intensely character driven <laughs> and complex. Really? really, yeah. And she's like, wow. it's been, this has been driving me crazy for as long as I've been listening to you. And All I'm right. like, wow, I I'm glad you corrected us because you're right. I would thought high concept is something like Madman, um, but yeah, I, low I, concept would be just you know some schlocky bullshit but it's that's how be, i've always used it yeah yeah high concept is just something like jurassic park what if you could clone dinosaurs yeah yeah boom uh okay i think cult probably means a small following of very rabid fans like a mm. firefly um something like that so yeah that that means my definition is blown out of the water i think that's what it means so it's, it's, it whatever level you enjoy it, it, it even if it's just yeah. to blast your head off and you know laugh at it with sure. alcohol, not commit suicide. That would be a suicide cult movie. It's a totally different thing. <laughs> Very different. That's uh, it, man. Yeah, man. I <laughs> we keep trying. This is the podcast that will not die. Much like Lau Pan, uh, Pan we've ran over it. We backed up and reversed. It's coming you, back for more. We've definitely ran over his name many, many times. It's, <laughs> I think this podcast has married three great green-eyed wives. It's just yeah. no, no getting rid of it. Well, you keep some in storage, you know, it's for the next 2,500 years. You never know when you're going to need another green-eyed. You might, you yeah. might want to make another demonic deal. Exactly. That's insurance. True. You can just... you can just. There's a lot more to bargain with than just your soul. Yeah, hell yeah. You can shake hands with the devil with your f- hand behind your back, firmly fingers crossed, knowing mm-hmm. you got another green eye in storage. <laughs> and with that, we bid thank you very much, Freddie. For 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 yes. commissioning this podcast, this is your fault, arguably. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Look what you made us do. Uh, thank you very much for going to subbable.com slash bald move and pulling the trigger on this. Uh, we will have another one out in the next week or two. Uh, I believe it's is it Annie Hall. Uh, no, it is Anne of Green Gables. And oh, that should it's be an almost the same one. thing. Anne of <laughs> yeah, Green Gables. You know. So we got that coming out in a couple weeks. Uh, until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. Bye bye.